It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire Custom. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, you, if you're listening to this live on the radio right now, uh, of course you can listen to it on the Score 1400 AM, as well as News Radio 98.1 in Hattiesburg, also WMXI.com. But also later tonight, uh, this episode will be up on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And if you want to check out any of the archives as well, please do so. Uh, special thanks to everybody who came out to my show the other night, Wednesday night, packed house. I saw a lot of the listeners in it there. Mark Norman, absolutely incredible, brought down the house. Um, hey, thank you. I hope you had a good time. I've got a big announcement coming up in a few weeks. It's going to be a, a really neat thing for the Hub City, so so come out and check that out. Now, let's get into my guest today. I, I've got a, a very special guest today. You know, you think you guys that you just enjoyed watching play, and he just gets a little nervous when you compliment him about this. But uh, former Southern Miss po- football player from the 90s, Car Shannon, is here in the house. What's going on, Car? Not much, Jamie. Thank you for having me tonight. I, do you remember the first thing I asked you when we met? Would when we first met, when we first met, I said, "Do you have any brain damage?" Because you was just fly—I mean, special teams monster. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Uh, I don't—I cannot recall. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, no, I, I don't think I do. But uh, you know, I—I I tell you what, I wouldn't trade those uh, those collisions uh, one bit, man. It was all worth it, absolutely. How'd you get interested in the game of football? Honestly, I think it was just playing in the backyard. I, I happened to grow up in a neighborhood full of boys, and we were all the same age. And it was playing ball every afternoon after school and during the summer. And that's what we did. And I loved football, even though um, I may not have been the biggest guy out on the field. Um, the good Lord gave me the gift of, of being able to run a little bit. And then not only that, uh, <laughs> no fear. And yeah. not not afraid to go uh, throw my body into a collision. So uh, you couple those two things, and you got a chance to go uh, make a mark on the football field. And and so I, I've always loved the game, and it, it definitely has always had a special place in my heart because it's just there's something so special about going to battle um, on Friday nights in high school or on Saturday afternoons or Saturday nights at the collegiate level. I mean, there's just something about that and that that aura about football that is second to none. How'd you end up at Southern Miss? It's kind of funny. Uh, I feel like I recruited Southern Miss more than Southern Miss recruited me. I actually I started as a walk-on, and I came to Southern Miss more so because I had a former high school teammate that was on the team. And that's how I got associated with the program initially. And um, what it offered was an opportunity to compete with guys that had a scholarship right out of high school. And that's why I came to Southern Miss. Absolutely. It, it was the opportunity to, com- to compete for a job and to compete to play from day one. And that's, that's, how, that's how I ended up in Hattiesburg. What was it like playing for uh, head coach Jeff Bauer? I, I tell you what, uh, looking back, and, and we all say this, all of my former teammates that I'm still close to, about how much of, of an effect and a positive influence Coach Bauer had on all of us, 
um, not just directly, but just the culture that he created. And, and I think when you talk about student athlete, Coach Bauer truly tried to stress that to us. And what he did was take boys and mold them into young men by the time they graduated in four or five years, once they got done playing. And he really put a, an emphasis on not just being successful on the field, but also being successful off the field. And I think that's one of the greatest things that, that I can say about Coach Bauer is that he did that for so many. And then not only that, it's um, that he gave me a chance. He gave yeah. me, not only did he give me a chance, he allowed me to, uh, you know, find my niche, find my role, as you mentioned uh, on the special teams play. He allowed me to find my niche, find my role, and excel at that, and 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 own that really, and and so I'm very very thankful and very indebted to Coach Bauer for that, and, and so you know, being able to to grow as a student athlete, grow up, uh, being able to be successful on the field, and then finally, uh, Coach Bauer gave me a scholarship, and, yeah, and so I, I think I will forever be indebted to to what he did for me, and and I feel uh, my way of of giving back is to always. Um, share those things that Coach Bauer did for me and then also give back from through time and through my money to Southern Miss uh, because I, I feel like Southern Miss had given me so much. Guys, come right back to us after the break. We're going to have more with former Southern Miss football player Carr Shannon right here on the Score 1400 AM and WMXI News Radio 98.1. Come right back. Welcome back to, to the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. We are here with uh, former. I'm, uh, I'm stepping on my words here. It's my. I'm stepping on my own words. Former Southern football player Car Shannon. We're talking about his time playing for Jeff Bauer. Now you were a walk on at Southern Miss. What was it like the day that Coach Bauer gave you your scholarship? I was heading into my junior season, and it was during two a days, and Coach Bauer had called a team meeting and had a ball in his hand, and it was signed by the entire team. And he began speaking about me, but without saying my name, and talked about the things I had done the last couple seasons on the field um, and the things that I had done in camp. And a, a big part of me being a bigger contributor to our team was when Coach Bauer named Coach Joe Robinson a special teams coordinator as a full-time coordinator. And back then, that was kind of unheard of, but what Coach Joe Rob did was really took it and ran with it. And we were always good in the kicking game because, as you well know, and all our fans will attest to this, Coach Bauer was, was big in terms of preaching all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. We were good. But with Coach Joe Rob, we took it up a level and nationally ranked in so many different categories. And I mentioned in the last segment how Coach Bauer let me find my niche and find my role and really thrive in that. And really, that also came down to Coach Joe Robinson. And that really started in that spring of 96 and then moving into two-a-days uh, in 96 uh, in August. 
And I was playing in all the different special teams and really finding my, my niche and finding my, you know, being successful in that. And we got to uh, the week before the Georgia game, about a week and a half before. It was on a Thursday morning, actually, a Thursday morning practice. And he called everybody in there and he started speaking about me. And again, some of the things I had done prior, prior to that season and in August and, and how I'd taken on a greater role from playing time and a leadership standpoint, the things I had done. Uh, off the field academically and again as a leadership uh, in, a, in a leadership role amongst my teammates and as he did that he ended up calling my name out there and and I got to be honest with you Jamie and my teammates can attest it was um, it wasn't a dry eye in the place man and I, I tell you I will forever remember that day to the day I die I mean it was just a very emotional um, moment for me because I all my hard work had had paid off and it was it was very very rewarding and um it, to be there and to do that with my teammates meant the world to me and, and i tell you what just to see their reaction to how they stood up and clapped i mean that that meant the world to me too and the coaches and like i said there wasn't a dry eye in the place and, and that that still to this day means so much to me and then being able to go but right before it happened right before practice but i took a moment to call my parents and to call my mom and to be able to tell her that Coach Bauer had put me on scholarship uh, and that you just talk about a really amazing moment, you know, to be able to tell your parents, you know, you're one of your, the goals that you've you'd set out to accomplish, you did it. And so that was just a, a really special day for me, and I will always remember it. And, again, very grateful to Coach Bauer and the rest of the staff for doing that. And I still have that ball in my office today signed by the entire team. Oh man, that's and I remember you being, you know, a fan favorite kind of guy. The way you played the game, you know, you were a guy. That, you know, my family we talked about, hey, car Shannon, go get him. You know, walk on that earned his scholarship, uh, and just played with reckless abandon when he needed to. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I I wasn't scared to to run into a collision, even though I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't by any means the, the you know a, a big guy. I mean, I was a small guy. I mean, it was only. Uh, our kicker Johnny Lamaro and and our one of our running backs Brandon Francis. Those the only two guys I was taller than, but it didn't matter to me. You know, I wasn't scared. And and that you know there are a couple of nice articles that come out in the paper that Tim Doherty had written about me, and and as well as uh, um, a uh, guy from the Sun Herald and the Clarion Ledger, Robert Wilson did a nice couple. So it it kind of spread the story about me walking on and the and the things that I had overcome, plus me being a, a diabetic, and that was kind of part of Tim's message too about hey. You know, uh, me being a type one diabetic and still being able to overcome that to achieve my goals to play in college football. And so all those things kind of came together. And then not only that, um, you know, when you talk about a fan favorite, a lot of the guys on the baseball team who ended up moving in with, they really uh, had a lot of fun with it and created Cars Corner those last couple of years in the student section and wore 23 jerseys and had a big you know, sign hanging up over the portal in the student section. So it was a lot of fun those last couple of years. Yeah, that is cool. Now, you played during a very pivotal time in, in Southern Miss football history, a time where, you know, you don't have too many losing seasons uh, in the black and gold when you look back at it. And you came on, what, 90, you played 93 to 97, the first couple of years of, of um, Conference USA, obviously, were in your tenure. But in 94, that was the first time that Southern Miss had that, that – that's when Southern Miss started the winning season streak that lasted nearly two decades. What was it like being a part of that turnaround? It was very special. And, Jamie, it, that 94 season, we were coming off a, a very um, difficult 2-8-1 record. 
and where we really underachieved as a team uh, my true freshman year. And, and Coach Boward, he redshirted a lot of us, and that 94 season really was our first, you know, it was our, for the class of guys that I came with, it was most, it, it was our real first opportunity to play. And we come in that 94 season with the most, number one, most difficult ranked schedule in the country. Uh, we played Alabama, Virginia Tech, Texas A&M, Florida, and LSU, which, I mean, that's a monster schedule. And when you think about it, we did have, we had five home games that year. Um, every other year I played here at Southern Miss, we had four home games. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our fans probably don't think about that, but we generally played four home games because Coach McClellan was determined to pay the bills. Right. And that, that's where the whole anyone, anywhere, anytime mantra came from because that was what we needed to do. We had to play those, uh, quote unquote, money games against the SEC or, or um, some of the other conferences to, to essentially you know, keep the athletic department afloat. And we were successful in that. But we go into that 94 season with a very, very difficult schedule, ended up finishing 6-5. and five. And personally for me, as well as several of my other teammates from Louisiana, we finished that 94 season at Baton Rouge, November 12, 1994. I can tell you right now. And it ended up being Curly Hallman's last game, that game that essentially – or second-to-last game because I think they lost the next week at Arkansas. But that was kind of the nail in the coffin for his tenure at LSU. And we go in there that last game and uh, and really just – ready to play and come out on fire. And um, and Harold Shaw really has a, a great game and uh, a couple of clutch passes by Heath Graham, a, you know, one third down pass that trickles off Mark Montgomery into Scott Harper's hands for a huge first down and ends up setting up a storybook ending for uh, junior college newcomer out of, out of Hines. Chris Pierce comes in and, and boots a 49-yarder uh, with a little over a minute to go to win the game. And that was just a huge, huge win for our program because that – it, for so many different reasons, but that's what started that role of success, that big getting that momentum going in our favor to get that huge was eighteen. Uh, I think it's eighteen. Eighteen yeah. straight winning seasons, and to really propel Coach Bauer's success over the next several years for that program, and then we go into from that and build upon that, and we go to to the ninety five season, which. Again, more expectations. We look to try to get to the Liberty Bowl right before the year before Conference USA, and we go six and five again. And great, a winning season, but we lost four games by a total of ten points, which was very heartbreaking. A lot, of, a couple games literally on the last few plays of the game, and, and so it, it really kind of all that momentum and that bad taste really set things up for those big years in '96 and '97. Um, was that the year of the Alabama game with the with the uh, – oh, God. Yeah, the 95 game. We're yeah. winning with just over a minute to go. Uh, big boy, Fat Freddie Kitchens, throws a ball to Todrick Malone. Patrick gets tangled up with Todrick Malone and, and toward right about the two-yard line, falls down. He catches it, goes in the end zone. Uh, I believe Jamal was right there. Jamal Alexander, they were all they were right there tight in coverage. We're winning. That played our tails off the whole game and just fall, you know, just cl- – you know, just – by inches, literally, come up short, and, and that was a really heartbreaker. I think I, I think I've, the guys I play with, I, I definitely believe that uh, have a huge uh, 
sour taste in the mouth for, for Alabama because we came up so close for so many years with those guys. I mean, even in 94, uh, again, Heath Graham has a great game. I think he lost a tooth a couple times in a couple of shots he took. Um, we got a kick blocked, I mean, it, for a score. I mean, just little things like they come up so close, but that 95 game really was tough. And, and I think – and it's funny you brought that game up because we came up short in 95 at, without, with the exception of the blowout at Tennessee – Losing four games by ten points, and I think the the my class and the class above us was a really good, strong class, not only from athletically but just character and leadership standpoint, and that helped set that tone for '96. Plus, we did some diff- some things differently going into '96. The way we trained in the off season, uh, personnel wise, from a coaching standpoint, uh, I've mentioned Joe Robinson. Um, going into this full-time special teams coordinator. That was a big part of, of our success in those next couple of years in 96 and 97. Plus, we changed defenses in 96. Went from a 4-3 front to an odd front, a 3-4. And that stem that actually, what that did, Coach Thompson, you know, uh, John Thompson was a, just an innovator back in those days. And what that, that did is it allowed our playmakers to get on the field. And it allowed a guy like Rob Brown, who had played in but to move inside, so athletic and so quick. He moved down to that tackle and nose position. You had other guys like Jason Hall, Jeff Posey. Jeff, you know, at that time, Jeff was, he's as tall as he is now, but he was about 215. But Jeff, Jeffrey could run and allowed him to get him on the field. Cedric Walthall, um, Marchant was there, Latrell Powell. I mean, it allowed all these guys to get on the field to, that were our playmakers. And again, kudos to Coach Thompson for recognizing them, you know, and he changed that scheme. Uh, into the 96 season and it really and we added a lot of zone blitzing and things like that and, and again provided further um, I guess an arsenal if you will for an already potent defense we'd you know been very good defensively but it got us even better and then we we go into that 96 season go in to between the hedges and to a brand new staff over at Georgia and Jim Don had come from Marshall had great success at at, at Marshall and we go in to play those guys and with no fear. And it was a huge win for the program because I remember coming down to the end, and it was a very close game. Um, and we had three fumbles and a safety, if you remember. Yeah, I, I did. It was three field goals. Yeah, three field goals, three field goals and a safety. Goals and yeah. safety. Johnny, Johnny kicked three field goals, and, and we got a safety. Jeff Posey recovered a ball. Should have been a touchdown. It was a, a tackled by Robert Edwards in the end zone, but that should have been a, a, a touchdown. But anyway, it came. It it got eerily familiar to that Alabama game in '95, but yet things changed our way. And that Georgia game was a pivotal, pivotal game into again, much like that LSU game, and a propelling success in both '96, '97, and then on down the road. Um, I remember the excitement from that game. Oh, I remember just, the, just just how it just permeated throughout the fan base and the program. And, I mean, I think that set up the tone for a lot of, you know, like you said, everything just seems to, to gradually just set the tone uh, throughout the tenure you're talking about. You know, you talk about how that, that was a huge win. I remember that was that 11:30 TBS game. Right. And I remember flying home, getting in, back to – we get back to the field house in Van Hall, and there's people everywhere outside. And it was just a great, great welcoming party. And, again, it propelled us to having a great year in 96. The unfortunate part was, you know, we lost at Alabama the next week, but then reeled off, I believe, um, seven straight, seven straight wins. 
and um, it, through con- through the inaugural year of Conference USA. So we go in eight and one to University of Houston for a showdown for what would be the conference championship. And un- you know Lee Roberts has an unbelievable night. He's just lighting guys up. He and Kay Lee, I think Kay Lee Kendrick Lee had ten catches for two hundred and. 60 yards, something like he that. He had the record until Staggers this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And 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 really just had an unbelievable game. Lee Rob was just picking apart that Houston secondary uh, like he was so capable of. I mean, because you talk about a guy who could just absolutely spin a ball and make it look pretty. But the unfortunate side is we could not stop them that night. And Antoine Smith, Smith excuse me, I think we made him a first-round draft pick. Yeah. That night. <laughs> uh, he ran through us all night. And we ended up coming up short, literally, uh, on a swing pass in overtime to Brandon Francis, came up about a yard short, and we lost 56-49. to 49. Uh, Ended up being co-champions, lost the next week at, uh, at the number two team in the country in Florida State. Played very well um, through about two and a half quarters, and then they just overcame us, but played a very – very tough Florida State team to, to finish that year eight and three, and the unfortunate thing was is that we finished um, sitting at home in December, and that yeah. you know it's not like that uh, the way the teams are now where there's so many bowl games we just didn't have that back then, and we finished eight and three and and ranked for about four weeks during that '96 season, ranked in the top 25, and we're sitting at home in December and co-champions. So. That left, again, everything's kind of builds and builds. Talk about the 94 LSU game, the 96 Georgia game, finishing 8-3, and three, but coming up short in the conference championship, all led up to that 97 season. And that theme was unfinished business. And that started literally in January. That theme started in our offseason training and then through spring practice in the summer and going into two-a-days. That was unfinished business. And there was no doubt that we were – uh, in, in any of our mind, that we were going to win that conference championship and end up in Memphis come New Year's Eve. And, and that's the way that, that season finished. And such a, a magical way to finish um, my time here at Southern Miss was to finish in that Liberty Bowl game and just demolish Pittsburgh 41-7. to And, you know, I think back to that. That was one of the coldest games I've ever been to, first off. But, two, you know, I think about after the game – uh, Marchant getting into the camera talking about not so fast to Lee Corso. I mean, did you guys feel disrespected coming into that game? I don't think both from Pitts, you know, our opponent from Pittsburgh didn't realize what they were up against athletically as a team. I just don't think they knew what they were about to face and the troubles that they were about to run into at 2.30 on New Year's Eve that night. What a game. Guys, come right back to us with more To The Top Talk after the break. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. We are continuing our conversation with a former Southern Miss football player, Carr Shannon. Now, when we left off, we were talking about that 97 season and the Liberty Bowl. And, you know, what a great way to end your career. Absolutely. It, it, it You know, you talked about how cold it was, but let me tell you, we were hot that day. I, I'm telling you, it was just – it was – you mentioned before the break, did we feel disrespected? And – you know Lee Corso and, and and Herb Street at that time both pit Pittsburgh. You know they were going with the Big East, and we were just the little chumps, just happy to be there. Uh, but 
And those guys, I don't think, you know, in our interactions prior to the start of the game, we did, you know, the very first night we're there, we're, we're with those guys at Graceland. Uh, there was like a dance contest and all that. Um, but, you know, there were several, you know, there was a, a media day lunch and stuff like that. And and you could just tell there, there was an air about them that they looked down upon us. We were just, you know, some little real podunk team from Mississippi. They were big, bad Pittsburgh from the Big East. And from the opening kick, literally, I can tell you, we hit them in the mouth. And it didn't stop until that clock hit double, you know, triple zero. And it was ugly for those boys. Um, they especially did not – they didn't know where we were coming from defensively. They could not – our speed was far too great for them on the defensive side of the ball. We were better than them in the kicking game. And, again, Lee Robb and Sherrod and Pink just lit it up that night. And it, they, it, the three of those guys had a show. If you, I mean, if you think about the highlights, I mean, you see, you know, Lee Robb doing that little play action to Harold – Sitting back, setting his feet, dropping, and just throwing a, a, as they say, a deal for a dime these days, dropping a dime into Sherrod or Pink, you know, for six points. And he did that several times, in particular to Sherrod, both at the post route and on a seven route on the corner, and just made them look silly all night. Harold had some big runs, and they just weren't ready for us athletically. It, they just weren't. Um, they may have been a little bit bigger than us, but we were we wanted it more. And I think that's that bulls that that says a lot too, is that we were hungry. And it wasn't just about getting there, it was about finishing that game. And that was a, it was unfinished business. And and it wasn't again, it wasn't just about, hey, we're we're gonna win the conference championship and we're happy to be here. We're just gonna spend a week together in Memphis. This is gonna be a blast. You know, we're gonna have a big party. No, it was about, hey, we're we're gonna have a good time, but when it that kickoff at two thirty on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety seven. It was there for us to win, and that's when we took home that trophy. You got to play with a, you know, some really exceptional talents over your. I mean, that Liberty Bowl team. I think everybody on that defense at least had a shot in the NFL in some capacity. I mean, just ridiculous talent across the board. Um, you know, some of the guys just looking down, the, looking at, at my notes: Patrick Sertan, Adelius Thomas, Jamal Alexander, Perry Phoenix. Uh, a couple years before that, you had Jeff Posey, you know, Harold Shaw, Todd Pinkston, Sherrod Gideon. What was it like playing with those guys? You know, I, I don't know the exact number. I, I've counted it before in our conversations. But if you talk about the guy just on that 97 defense, look, let's look at the back end. You had four seniors. Three of them went on to play professionally. The fourth one, he went into coaching for a couple years. And I, I'm that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> so uh, – you know, but it, it, it's amazing. You know, I, I, I'll tell you a little story. You know, it's funny, Jamie. I, I felt like I had to fight and call and scratch and just every day just to survive sometimes at practice, you know. And I think back about some of the talent that we had just on the defensive backfield. And it, it's amazing. I mean, to play behind a guy like Patrick Sertain, who was an NFL, twice NFL All-Pro, made several Pro Bowls, had a huge career with both the Dolphins and the Chiefs, every day with him for four years. Jamal Alexander, a great teammate, a good friend, got to, you know, his chance with Detroit. P-Funk, old Perry Phoenix, you know, came from Trinity Valley Junior College. Just, that guy's one in a million right there. Um, but Perry would strike you, and absolutely. And he had a couple great years with Tennessee Titans, got a chance to play in the uh, in the Super Bowl right out of the, out of the gate in that Super Bowl with the Rams, what they lost. 
Um, Deshaun Mowd, who's a junior college transfer from Hans, had a chance to play professionally. Um, Terrence Parrish, another great – you know, t- uh, Terrence was uh, a couple years younger. He was a younger guy but had a chance to play with the Bucks for a few years. Um, went to camp with them. Um, Jose Gonzalez played a little arena ball. Jose came from Gulf Coast, another great teammate. Um, this is just on that 97 team, just on the back end. Leo Barnes, what a playmaker that guy was. Oh, yeah. You know, Leo just had an absolute nose for the ball. Um, Just amazing group, just just defensive backs. Um, Then you look at, uh, you know, linebackers. T.J. Slaughter, um, just a a guy that from the time he stepped on on campus was just an absolute dog at linebacker, just a player. Um, who had several years playing with Jacksonville. I think he had a couple years maybe with uh, Green Bay as well. TJ was just a, an amazing, amazing player. Marshant Kenny, an absolute, a, a guy who is a dear friend, a true competitor, um, you know, that he and I still talk daily. Um, Marshant, an absolute, one of the greatest linebackers in Southern Miss hip, history. Absolutely. Another guy who signs a cha- gets to play, you know, goes to camp with Arizona. Latrell Pollard, an absolute, I mean, you talk about a tackle machine, a guy who has uh, just put up some monster numbers as a Southern Miss linebacker. Um, you know, the pride of Stringer, Mississippi, Latrell Pollard, and, and truly bleeds black and gold, has been a part of this program for since 90, when he came in in 94, had a brief hiatus when after Coach Bowers' tenure, but he's back and been successful at, as both our, our corners um, – as well as running backs coach now. And his son is our starting right tackle. I mean, you talk about a guy who absolutely bleeds for black and gold is Latrell Pollard. And won't and you do not find a better guy than Latrell Pollard. Um, you know, uh, up front, Cedric Scott. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a man child. When Cedric showed up, I mean, it, it, it's funny. He just didn't look like he looks now. And you talk about a guy who worked his tail off to be successful and a top-notch human being is Cedric Scott. Uh, DeQuincy Scott. Another uh, undersized, typical Southern Miss guy, little undersized, but got a great motor, ridiculously strong human being that would just overpower you, and had a great you know run with the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, you know that Cedric Scott, DeQuincy Scott, um, uh, who else we have up front? John Nix was I think John. Nix, yeah, same, big same year. Yeah, uh, Uncle Fester, as they used to call him, John <laughs> Nix. Yeah, John Nix is another guy played with the Cowboys. Um, Adelius, and then then I was bringing, yeah, I, was, bringing I was, up, I was bringing, getting, the rear. bringing up the rear old AD, and a lot of people don't realize this. When Adelius stepped foot on his campus in '95, he started off as a tight end, and used to just blister us uh, when he was playing scout team in '95, and just it would just make everybody look silly, and it would make Coach Thompson furious and Coach Womack furious because he was just making plays. And he was just playing around, just running routes as a tight end on the scout team. And then not only that, he finished the season in 95, then went and played basketball for a yeah, year. Yeah, right. Um, and he was all-state in Alabama. As, as, I think he was Mr. Basketball in 6A. Um, so, yeah, you had Adelius Thomas, a guy who was an all-pro, one of the most athletic players who's ever come through here. That's just on the defensive side of the ball. We're not talking about guys that, you know on that 97 team like Lee Roberts, who – you put Lee Rob in, in a quarterback friendly system like we've run over the last several years. There's no telling the numbers that Lee Rob could have put up there. Um, Sherrod Gideon, Todd Pinkston, Harold Shaw, Eddie Shaw. Um, you know, don't forget Eddie. Eddie played a long time in the Arena League. I mean, you talk about a, a, a ton of players that have come through, and we had some really good players up front: Olester Pope, Casey Keith. 
um, Frank Firestone in 97 came in from Blinn Junior College and just established himself early on. He was an early enrollee, and, and uh, Frank came in and grabbed that starting center position like that right off the bat and was just a force up front setting the tone. We're going to take a break. You guys come right back to us. I'm here with Car Shannon, right here with more To The Top Talk. All right, we're back here talking with Car Shannon. We were just talking about uh, all of the ridiculous talent that was on that 97 team. One guy we failed to mention was your kick returner. Was it? I mean, I think it was number two in the nation in kick returns that year, if I'm not mistaken. You'd be speaking about Eboof. Yes, that's correct. Yes, the pride of Bassfield, Mississippi, Eric Booth. Um, actually, you're mistaken, Jamie. So that year in 97, and I, I spoke about how we took a lot of pride in our special teams. And we were all, every year, Coach Joe Robb, before he took over all of it, was in charge of kickoff returns. And we were always good. We were always top 10 in the country because we had great return guys. We had Fred Brock. We had Buckhalter, Chris Buckhalter, who was a phenomenal return guy. Both those guys were 94, 95. Uh, and then 96, Eric took over. And we were good in 96, top 10 in the country. But we had a goal in 97 to be number one in the country. And we were number one in the country in kickoff returns, 35 yards a return. Wow. And we returned three that year for touchdowns. Um, and I'm going to tell you this much. I, I, I still take a lot of pride in that, in that we were number one in the country. And I was a part of that unit. And I can tell you, you know, setting a number of blocks and Eric coming right off my backside along with a double-team block with Jim Kitchen, I can tell you running right up that alley, you know, between the numbers and the hash, taking it to the house um, or getting a big return. I mean, I, you talk about a huge weapon. I mean, going back to that 97 season, we're, we're in a dogfight in Greenville, North Carolina against East Carolina. And in that first half, it, I think they tied it up or got really close. I don't remember the exact. Uh, score at the time right before half and there wasn't but a minute or two left in half and uh, their coach coach Steve Logan um, he kicked it deep to Eric and we reeled off about a 65 yard return with maybe a minute left uh, Lee Rob throws a couple of passes we pump it down Tim Hardaway boots a field goal right before half and that was just a nail in the coffin that gave us huge momentum got our got the momentum back on our side into that game, we ended up winning that game twenty-three to thirteen. But that was a huge break right before half, and it's just little things like that. I mean, I think about Houston, um, that ninety-seven game at home where we had you know to go exact revenge. They didn't want to kick to Eric because we had just returned another one uh, against Tennessee the week before for we taken to the house, and um, they didn't want to kick to him. They tried to do a squib kick. We picked that up, and he took it to the house on that one. And, I mean, it's just. Uh, we were ready for all those different scenarios, and I tell you what, um, it, again, it speaks to the talent of that team. Eric, you know, is another guy who gets a chance to go to the Ravens after he finishes playing as a kick returner, and a great guy, great teammate. I, he came in, we came in together in '93 and finished together in '97, and he's coaching now, I believe, in 
Collins? I think Collins, yeah. Yes. He's, coaching, he's a head coach of Col- or assistant coach of Collins. I'm not sure. But uh, great guy, great teammate, and uh, one heck of a football player. There's no doubt. And it just, again, speaks to how good that team was and loaded with talent. And, and, and if you talk to Coach Bauer, and, and as we approach going into this next season, it'll be the 20-year anniversary of that 97 season. And if you talk to Coach wow. Bauer, one of the things I, I – I, I, I tell you what, it, it, it gives me great pride to hear him say this. That was his best team and his most favorite team that he's ever coached. And I, I, I really take a lot of pride in being a part of that. And that means a lot for a man that has been so successful in the different uh, teams that he's fielded here at Southern Miss for that 97 season to be such a special one for him. You know, we finished 17th in the country uh, finished nine and three, but and I think it, a lot of it had to do with not only you know we were successful on the field, it was a lot of fun and it had great leadership. That team was made up of tremendous leaders and guys that did right on and off the field. And I think that's one of the reasons Coach Bauer says that team sets itself apart from all the others is it had great leadership. You know, in addition, you know, if you also think back to the tragic moment happened after we played um, Nevada, um, where, or excuse me, the week before um, when we had the uh, when Coach Bauer's daughter was killed. I mean, that just a tragic accident. I mean, a lot of personal things happened, you know, for him that season too. And I think so that that was part of what makes that season what it is for him personally as well. So. Uh, I, it's such an amazing group of individuals. And again, we'll be celebrating come next fall, the 20th anniversary of that team and how special that, that group really was. Wow. Oh, well, and we talked about this over the break. You, you had to get, see the field via special teams, but you had a role that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> Tell us about that. So I, I learned and I was told the more you can do, the better chance you have to play. And I learned this in high school. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, and I just a chance to get on the field. Um, I had an upperclassman when I was a freshman. After the freshman season gets over, you know, the freshmen get to dress, that sort of thing, at the varsity games. Big deal, you know? And we had a guy who ended up going to be the long snapper at ULM. Uh, back, you know, back then it was Northeast Louisiana. But he taught me how to do it. I asked him to do it one Friday night before a game. So I learned the long snap, and I did it all through high school. So when I got to Southern Miss, uh, we – you had those opening practices, and um, we got done with the first or second practice as just as fr- as incoming guys. And uh, Coach Bauer asked, "Hey, can anybody long snap?" So I, you know, this little bitty kid from Hammond, Louisiana, raises his hand. He goes, kind of looks at me. He goes, "All right, let's go." And you know, we finished up practice, and I stayed after practice, and I ended up long snap. And so I did it. Uh, I was our backup long snapper through my entire career. And in 94, after my redshirt season, uh, 94, going into that year, that's actually what got me on the field is that not necessarily snapping in a game uh, because during that year we got a, we had a bigger guy because you'd want a little bit bigger guy, you know, obviously other than me. So we brought in Chad Lindsey from uh, over at Southwest. He's a JUCO transfer, a great, great teammate and a tremendous long snapper. But I ended up being – I was our backup long snapper. And as a result, that – they, you know, if Chad ever got hurt, they ha- I'd had to go do it. I had to travel. And so we get on the, you know, we, they put me on all the other special teams as a result of being a backup long snapper. And that's how I got on that bus to go to Tulane in 94. And, uh, and so I, I tell my son the exact same thing. He's, he, 
you know, he just finished his uh, sophomore football season at Oak Grove, and, you know, he played a lot this year, played both ways at times, but he actually one game the long snapper was hurt. He got in there and started doing it. So it's just – it's kind of a wow. it's neat little deal. And, and, yeah, not a lot of people know that, but that's actually how I ended up playing on all the other uh, facets of the kicking game is because I could long snap. You know, just oh, wow. the more you can do. And the more you can do, the more opportunity you have to play and, uh, and help the team. Guys, come right back to us. We've got more To The Top talk after the break. Southern Miss to the top, man. Shut it down, you guys. I had to wait for that break right there. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to my guest tonight, Car Shannon. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow all my comedy stuff at, at Hub City Comedy on Facebook as well. To The Top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy, and Hub City Comedy. Upcoming comedy shows. I will be at the Dixon Theater in, of all places, Poplarville. Mississippi next Saturday, Saturday, January 14th, 2017, with my good friends T. Ray Bergeron and David W. Smith. Tickets are $10, uh, 18 and up. Show starts at 7 p.m. that night. So if you're in the Poplarville area or you feel like venturing down that way, come out and check us out. I've got a big announcement that'll be coming out in the next couple, in the next few weeks as far as comedy in Hattiesburg. Also, I'll let you know about this. If, if you don't remember from a while back, uh, big name comedian Todd Berry, new book is coming out. March the 14th, and it is called Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg, as he chronicles uh, all of his tours around the country. He chose to go with Hattiesburg as the title, so pretty excited about that. So I'm sitting here with Carr Shannon. We're getting ready to close it down. Carr, uh, you know Jay Hobson. What are your What are your thoughts on this Southern Miss football team right now? Uh, Jamie, I really – I was excited. Let's take it back to that hire, first of all. So excited for Coach Hobson. Uh, Jay is the right man for this program. For so many reasons. Um, and it's been talked about a lot, but he really, truly likes it here. And he, even though he played at that school up north, he truly has been a part of this program during some of the most successful runs in its history. And he likes it here. Michelle's, uh, his wife likes it here. His two daughters, they, they've been here. They enjoy it. And not only that, what Coach Hop brings, that personality – that truly fits Southern Miss. It's that blue-collar, Mississippi-style, hey, we're going to find a way to get it done. And, and I think Southern Miss fans have seen that through this, this year that he's been at the helm. They, in, in his public media sessions, perhaps in little snippets from media or uh, different things that have come out in him talking to the teams – I mean, he truly embodies what this program and university – I mean, he, he is a guy that really the, – the values that he puts back is very similar to what Coach Bauer has uh, instilled several years ago. And that's really a very fundamentally sound, all three facets of the game. And, and you know, maybe we weren't all – we weren't clicking on all cylinders in, in, in certain occasions this year. I mean, that's been well documented. And no need to talk about that. But what Coach Hobson really – he is – he is the right man for this job. And and personally, 
as a former defensive guy, I love it because there has been a focus and an emphasis put back on the fundamentals of playing hard-nosed physical defense. And you could see that this year. And we gave up some big plays at times. But what he is bringing is that mentality and the importance of the little things, like just tackling and, and bringing that back. That's a, that's a lost art. And, and Coach Hops, he is really going to do a, a great job. And, he, and not only that, you talk about from a recruiting standpoint, high school coaches love that guy. I mean, he really is an absolute great recruiter. And he, when I tell you this, he truly, truly looks after each and every one of those players as if they were his own. I mean, he is a tremendous, tremendous coach. But he is definitely looking out for the welfare of these young men, these 85 scholarship players and the other 20 that are on that team. And I tell you what, he is, he is definitely the right man for this job. It's a great way to finish in the New Orleans Bowl, a great win for the program. And although we came up a little shy of expectations, it's a great, great step towards the future for this program. Carr, really enjoyed it, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Enjoyed it, Jamie. All right, guys, if you want to check out any of our other episodes, go find us on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Subscribe, give us a rating and whatnot, show us some love. We'll be back next week talking about the athletic director search. And I've got another guest coming up as well. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.